Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda and Morgan. We have helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally our jam. Here you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That is pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about issues that may arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. We are so glad you're here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Hey, Pelvic Posse. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. This is Amanda and Morgan. Today, we have Dr. Laura Parks from Town Plaza Women's Health here in Kansas City. So Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself and what really got you in this field. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I've listened to several of your podcasts and follow you on Instagram, and I'm a big fan, so I'm Ah, excited to be here. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so I am from the Kansas City area. I grew up in Olathe, and I went to KU for undergrad and medical school. And then moved to St. Louis with my husband uh, to do my residency at St. Louis University. And then I went to WashU and did my extra pediatric and adolescent gynecology training and worked there for several years and then made it back to Kansas City, which is home for both my husband and I, and eventually found my three other people that are my best friends and awesome partners. And we have formed this group, Town Plaza Women's Health. That's really awesome to hear because in your pictures in your office and the pictures on your all social media, that's exactly what you guys look like. It's just a bunch of girlfriends getting together, like really happy people. Like I just, I say that with heartfelt because the, the picture that you guys have that you guys are all kind of looking at each other around with the light shining. I'm like, Oh, it's like a bunch of angels. You guys are so beautiful. <laughs> it's a really gorgeous um, picture. Yeah. Thank you. My sister-in-law actually took that and she did well, very yeah. talented lady. Yeah. Yeah. So we all four worked together previously in a kind of a bigger institution. Um, and we always kind of talked about how great it could be if we could, the four of us could work together because we trust each other so much. And we know like I would trust any of them with my sister, my mom, you know, my best friend. And we just thought we could, you know, take care of women in a really intimate way so that they don't feel like a number kind of coming in and out that they know all of our nurses and our front desk staff and medical assistants and they just really feel cared for and heard while they're you know spending time with us at the office yeah that's huge yeah i think that's such a you know unique thing in today's world because we you know it just keeps growing and growing and growing and people want to have that you know one-on-one and intimate experience with a provider whether it is during their pregnancy and postpartum years or you know anything throughout their life cycle right and so for you guys to do this it's exciting that you're in our area and doing it we're just so excited beyond ecstatic to be starting this endeavor and just yeah it's it's super exciting I think the herd piece is one of the biggest things we hear seeing um, the prenatal and postpartum population. Cause we always ask like, you know, who's your provider who sent you in for pelvic floor PT? How is it going? And they always have a list of questions they want to ask. And that fear level of like, Ooh, will I seem, you know, like I'm asking too hard of questions or that I don't know what I'm doing as a pregnant female with this list, I think is really grateful that you guys are you know, providing that type of atmosphere for these ladies. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, when patients come in, I'm always like, do you have a list of questions? I love lists. I'm a list person myself. And, you know, let's answer all the questions. Let's understand our bodies as well as we can. And by understanding it, it's empowering us like you guys do. And just to give women that power, teens that power to really understand and know their bodies and uh, be able to make good, smart choices about their bodies is, you know, key. Yeah. What types of patients are you seeing in your office? Um, so the four of us see all women of all ages. So I do pediatric and adolescent gynecology as well as adult OBGYN. Um, and my partners all do teens on up. So we all take care of teens and up. And we, you know, we take care of little girls who have issues, tweens and teens who are starting periods, you know, helping so they don't miss important activities and birth control options, those types of things, which are really important. And then, you know, we get to help women who are maybe struggling to get pregnant and then hopefully then take care of them when they do get pregnant and have a successful pregnancy where they really feel confident during that pregnancy leading into the postpartum time, which can be a struggle for some women and really caring and helping them with that. And it really goes on up into menopause, helping women kind of with that transition. You know, as women, we have so many transitions in our life and just helping women through all of that from babies till after menopause is I have the best job in the world. Yeah. I mean, you have a very unique background too with, I mean, I don't know many physicians that would see someone as like an adolescent and then you could go with her onto her, you know, teen years and then potentially deliver her babies. I mean, that's just something, yeah. Like, I mean, that's just something that you definitely don't hear very often. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a joy for me and I love to be able to be that transition because, you know, a lot of places, you know, a lot of kids go to their pediatrician and then kind of in the teen years, it's a little bit iffy and then they have to find someone new. And if they kind of come in and see me as tweens, they can kind of graduate into adult, you know, women's care um, with one person that they feel hopefully comfortable with and all of that. Well, and you probably are addressing menstrual health in such a different way that their primary pediatrician is. And I obviously can't speak for all of them, but I know that we talk to so many patients that come in here and I'm like, did someone talk to you about this or did you learn this or that? And it is, it's, it's something that can be just so missed and not, you know, and I'm sure that's something that you do a really great job with your patients on. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely try, you know, I try to be very open. I know, you know, some teens will talk about everything. They're awesome and hilarious. Some teens are a little more closed up and private and don't really want to talk about things. So sometimes it takes a couple of visits to get that open dialogue, but I always give them one-on-one time to have that privacy with me to, you know, ask questions. I'm always like, this is the time, bring a list of questions that you and your friends are talking about. And you don't know, someone told you something and it sounded a little bit weird and you just want to check it out. You know, I I just want to be an open book with, you know, just education and just to teach them about themselves. And, you know, with teens, especially, I want them to, you know, not have heavy, painful periods, missing sports and dance and activities and school and those types of things. But also, you know, as they become sexually active humans to be able to control if or when they get pregnant and have that, you know, be under their control and be able to help with that. When you're seeing these young girls who are participating in sports, do any of them come in mentioning um, bladder leakage? Occasionally, it's not definitely not as much as my women who maybe are in like their twenties, thirties, who've had kids. Um, yeah. We definitely see that a lot more. Occasionally, we do, and that would definitely be something that you know I would try and you know look at on the guy side, but also maybe something that they need pelvic floor physical therapy. And I think you guys do a great job with teens for a lot of problems that included, but also you know 
pain with getting a tampon and, you know, just pain in that area, not feeling comfortable, you know, pain with intercourse, you know, for some of the teens that are active. And so I think, you know, that definitely is something that sometimes happens that that could be a part of it. If they're younger, sometimes I still think about constipation because that's a big reason kids can have, you know, and that seems to be an issue, even for our ladies in our sixties and seventies too, the constipation, um, the inserting the pain with insertion of a tampon is probably what we see a lot with the teen population, um, and the younger girls who are going through their uh, menstruation and even have seen where they're going off to college Mm -hmm. to participate in sports, um, and maybe having some issues there. It seemed like last year, that was kind of what we got flooded with before, um, the fall of COVID. Yes. And, um, it was really, we love those patients to be able to just, it's the ton of education Mm -hmm. and then giving them the options of different types of products that are out there too. It's really fun to help them realize like, Oh, this is a muscle. Like it is with my legs that are moving as I'm running track or with my arms as I'm playing tennis. Like it's really neat to see those light bulbs click click in for them and be able to keep them on the field or on the court. Yeah. And especially when you're saying like, you're such a resource for these teeny boppers that, you know, some of them may be really open with their older sister or their mom, but a lot aren't. And we see that in our clinic too. And so it's, it is, like you said, it's kind of fun to see them come out and like, you can tell they don't really want to ask it, but they're like, I got to know, you know, whatever the question is. And I feel like that's so important. And I feel like so many women from that, like 16 to 20 year old Mark get a lot of missed care because then they transition to college. So they're in a new town, but they didn't establish care with anybody right before they went. And now they're in this new place and maybe they have new sexual habits or menstrual habits. And so then we see these people later on and they're like, I never knew any of that. Or now I've had this issue since that happened or whatever. And that is such a, that's a hard transition period for a lot of females. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And that's another thing that I love when I start seeing the teens when they're younger. And then a lot of my teens, when they go off to college, they still come back and see me on their breaks. I love that. Or, you know, they can call or send a message if they have questions, that kind of stuff. And Yeah, again, with going to the sporting, but really for any teens too, like I really try and teach about tampons and menstrual cups and those types of things, because a lot of times, you know, the teens will come in with their moms and maybe they're 12, 13, 14. They're like, oh, we didn't know if she was old enough. I'm like, yes, she's having a period. She can wear a tampon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Feels ready for a menstrual cup. She can do that too. So, you know, just really teaching that it's okay. And I actually like to teach girls like what the anatomy of their body is down there. Cause it's uh, surprising. Even adult women to our no ears. Yes. <laughs> that is, I think is one of the biggest shock factors that we have, but we go through it with everyone. Cause you just don't know, you don't know how much education everyone has had down there. So we're very open with our pelvis and you know, these are the openings. This is what's happening here. These are how the muscles work. And you can tell like some are like, Oh, I thought, I thought there were just two, two openings. Like, nope, you've got three, like, you know, and this is everything that they do. And then again, going over that again, at you know, following appointments just to make sure everything's clicking. Cause ironically women, like we're born with this body. We live in this body our whole life, yet we know very little about it unless being in the healthcare field, but yeah, it's crazy to me. It's definitely. So tell us a little bit, like, you know, you seem to treat a wide, you know, variety and spectrum of patients. We all have like favorite populations. What one would be for you and like what, what, you know, lights a fire under your butt? Yeah. So my very favorite is probably like, we've already been talking about the teens. I love teens. I think they're funny. They're fun. They can be difficult, um, (laughs) challenging, but they're hilarious and they want to learn for the most part, even if they have a wall, you know, that's up trying to break that down. And really, I feel like that 
mean, we've kind of talked about it, but that's just such a time of where education can play a big role in, you know, giving them power over their bodies to be able to control, you know, lifelong things. I mean, if they have an unintended pregnancy when they're a teen, that can affect their whole life, you know, and so just being able to help them at that age. And, you know, if they do get pregnant, helping them, you know, in that place and, you know, helping them through a pregnancy or whatever they choose to do. And, but I just, I love taking care of teens. I love women of all ages. Don't get me wrong. I love, you know, pregnancy and childbirth and helping women through that. But I I get a little, you know, spark in my step when I have a teen in the office. Yeah. When you have the teens come in, what is the number one thing that you're like, Oh, I wish every teenager knew this information. I guess I wish every teenager knew that they did not have to have painful, heavy periods and they didn't have to suffer with them, um, that we can make those so much better with a variety of different options that we can go through. And I just really wish teens would always, I guess, appreciate themselves and, you know, take care of themselves and, you know, just give their bodies the respect that it deserves and not kind of do whatever their friends are doing or a guy may want them to do unless they're ready for it. So I just really want them to have that respect. And that's huge. And I mean, those early experiences are important in any realm of life, but especially your healthcare experiences. Like I remember my first pelvic exam and you know, all that. I mean, and if you don't feel comfortable with your provider or they're not educating you in the forefront of it, it is not a good experience. It can stay negative. So for you to be there for them in those ways, I mean, that's just huge. Yeah. I remember the speculum for the first time. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That just like yeah. catches you by surprise and takes your breath away. Still does sometimes, but <laughs> it sure does. that's another that thing before. I do always, I wish my teens would know and their moms would know that almost, I would say 98% of the time when they come to see me, they don't need a pelvic exam or a speculum exam. So if we're dealing with their periods or even birth control, those types of things, they don't need an invasive exam. We don't do PAPs until 21 anymore, which we used to do much earlier. So that'd be another thing because they come in terrified. And I tried to say that right at the beginning so they can kind of just take a deep (sighs) breath. Okay. That scary (laughs) thing that mom told me about isn't going to happen today. (laughs) Oh, that would have made a world of difference. Yes. That me from so many nightmares, the prepping for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, so moving on to like what you said, you still, you know, love seeing women of all sorts of ages and different parts of their life cycle. What would you say for pregnancy? You know, what is something if a pregnant lady walks into your office, what is something that you're like, I wish you knew this. And I would tell every single person that I knew that was pregnant. A couple of things for that, that come to mind. So I'm really, a listen to your body kind of person. And I wish that women would trust themselves, their maternal instinct, their bodies to know that it will do the right thing. And it's really hard to mess up a pregnancy. I find that especially first time moms are just panicked with every choice that they make and everything that they do. And I just wish they would enjoy it a little bit more knowing that it's really hard to mess it up (laughs) as long as they have healthy choices, you know, everything in moderation, you know, they're going to be okay. And they can get through it and have a healthy pregnancy. That's wonderful advice. Cause I think for like myself, it was so hard to get pregnant with our first one that you get so anxious Mm -hmm. once that positive test comes in. And then you're constantly like, I slipped on the step going up the stairs. Did I do anything (laughs) wrong? I'm like, yeah, probably annoyed the heck out of our gynecologist for the first baby. Cause it was like every two or three days, I was like talking about something. My dog pulled me too hard while on a walk. Did I do anything wrong? So that's really good advice. You know, I always tell my patients, 
just call. If you have a question, send an email or call. We'd rather you get the answer that you're fine and not worry about it than to like think about it all weekend. Like, oh my gosh, did I, you know, do something wrong because I ate this salad and now they're talking about it on the news or yeah. that kind of thing. So well, and they trust you guys. So it's not just like, okay, if I Google it, okay, maybe I'm fine. It's, you probably give them so much of a poof kind of feeling once you guys give them the okay with things. Yeah, for sure. Like Google's and taking them to 10 out of 10 anxiety and you're bringing them back down to like a one or two. Yes. Try. has to be a Definitely lot better try. for the baby. Definitely yeah. try. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes maybe not work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, that was great advice for the pregnant gal. What would Mm -hmm. be your advice for any postpartum, like at their set, like if they see you two to eight weeks at their checkup, Mm -hmm. what's the number one thing that you like to tell those women? I tell those women to give themselves grace. It is extremely hard to be a new mama. It's exhausting. Like you are not sleeping. If you're one of the very lucky ones who is a good sleeper, then bless you. But I had not good sleepers as children. My children, they're still not great sleepers as older kids, but just, you know, you're exhausted, you're worried, your hormones are changing. You know, there's just a lot of stress with it. You may be trying to breastfeed, or you may be worried with the formula that you're feeding, or is it the right kind? Does the baby have a stomach ache? Those types of things. And just to kind of give yourself a breath when you start to get anxious about things and know again, that that maternal instinct is going to be pretty good. And then my other advice that I usually give new moms is let the people around you help you and love on you and love on your baby. And I feel like a lot of us don't want to step on a new mom's toes, like our friend or, you know, sister or whoever, and be like, I'm going to take your baby, but just be like, Hey, come sit with baby for an hour while I go for a walk. And that person that you've asked to do that is going to be grateful that they get this awesome time with this baby that they already love. And then you get a little bit of time to yourself or to take a nap or to go get a coffee or whatever it is. Um, But, you know, let the people around you help you and help your baby. That is huge. That is better than the homemade lasagna that gets dropped (laughs) off at the house. It really is. Exactly. Exactly. Come watch the baby while I eat the homemade lasagna. Don't bring me food and a coffee. But yeah, hold the baby. Uh, They need to step outside for some fresh air. They definitely need to hear that. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's awesome. So when you're thinking of something like with your patients who are postpartum, do they ever tell you, cause we hear this a lot in the clinic, like, I wish I would have known that prior to my pregnancy, or I wish I would have, someone would have taught me that during my adolescent years or whatnot. Cause I can't, we get that every day, like whatever it is. I'm, I'm, I know that's a broad question, but they're like, why didn't I come here after my first baby? Or my, I should have came here during pregnancy or, you know, I, do you guys get a lot of that in your clinic? Yeah, I definitely think we do. Like postpartum, I think a lot of times women, when they're coming for their second one, they wish they knew their first time that it would be hard potentially to breastfeed. It's not easy for every woman to breastfeed and every baby, you know, I always tell moms, I'm like, it's new for you and for your baby. So it can be difficult at the beginning. So, you know, wishing that women kind of knew that ahead of time and that, you know, although sometimes your friends make it easy or your sister might've made it look easy, it's not easy for anybody and it's challenging in different ways. So I, you know, I try and be pretty open with my patients and just like, you know, it's not easy. It is challenging and you can either keep going with it or you can stop and that's okay too. And I say it a lot, but just give yourself grace, give yourself a breath, let yourself, you know, be okay with how things are going. Absolutely. It's never perfect. 
With your postpartum mamas, have you seen a shift in the last couple of years where like you guys are great referral sources for pelvic floor PT, but have you seen a shift in the new mom coming in at their six week checkup or later in their pregnancy where they're like, Hey, have you heard of pelvic PT or can I get a referral to that? Have you guys seen a shift in that at all with the way social media is kind of going? Yeah, I have definitely noticed probably in the last maybe year or so that, you know, women are starting to hear about it and know about it. And before I would try and explain it to a patient, like do an exam, feel that those type, you know, levators or obturator muscles in the pelvis and be try to explain it to the patient. Like there's a great physical therapist and they just take care of women and they really want to help you. And they're always like, that sounds weird. I've never heard of that. <laughs> and now they've heard of it and it's great. They're like, oh yeah, I've heard that's really helpful. So it's so nice because I think the world of you guys who do pelvic floor PT are amazing for women of all ages and different reasons. And um, so I love that now you guys are getting known and, you know, valued for what you do because you do so much. Oh, thank thank you. you. We feel the same about you. Yes. <laughs> Mutual love. <laughs> I wanted to give you like a high five. Yeah. That like, yes, it's happening. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> okay. So one question we ask a lot of our podcast, I guess, interviewees, yep. what is something that you are doing, learning or teaching right now? Oh, okay. That's a great question. I am actually just starting to learn about shade gardening. Oh, so my backyard has amazing, huge trees, but there's very little direct sun in my backyard. And I love flowers and we have some in our front yard that do well, but I've been learning about different kinds of like pastas and ferns and painted Japanese ferns and things that have different color and stuff that you can add to your shaded garden or yard. So that's one thing. And then I'm always working on my French. I have a French degree and lived in France for a year in college, but that's been more than several years, maybe a few decades ago. And I've lost a lot of it. So kind of working on that with, I use a couple apps and listen to like watch shows in French and that kind of thing to try and keep it up. That's amazing. Those are a couple Mm. of the things, yeah, that I've been working on. Um, Teaching, I feel like I always am teaching at work, which is great. I also have an awesome 14 year old daughter who I hope I'm teaching a lot of things too and a 10 year old son. So they have to be so lucky to have you, especially her right now (laughs) with, you know, hormone changes and shifts that she's going to be going through or has been going through. I mean, to have you with all the education and knowledge just to be passing it on to her, like, you know, books that would be great for her at that age, I think is phenomenal. Or is she she like, mom, (laughs) it's a little, it's a little, little we've been talking about our bodies in puberty and periods since she was pretty little um, and kind of age appropriate and all the way through. And I've talked, I've spoken with her Girl Scout troops before about puberty and your bodies and what's normal and not normal and those types of things. And so I've, she's heard me talk about it a lot. We've talked about it together a lot and she's quite savvy about it now. And I think a lot of her friends, you know, even come to her for advice or, you know, questions. So that's awesome. That is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that even those moms are probably like, can you talk with my daughter about this? Like, <laughs> we'll drink wine yeah, and you yeah. chat about it. To you the go girls. into a room, tell them a little bit each night. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, as my son, you know, gets older, I'm going to rely heavily on my husband because I don't know him as much about the boy stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and he's man. probably not at an age yet where he really understands what you do besides deliver babies is probably yeah. in his mind. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause exactly. I've got three boys and I get that question probably once a week from our patients. Like, what do you think your boys are going to think of your job? I'm like, 
they're gonna think it's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's however you frame it, right? Yep. And it's gonna be wonderful. It's empowering women. You gotta you teach got your it. boys young. Mm-hmm. That's right. And teach them to, you know, respect themselves and respect all people around them. And you know, really, my big thing for my kids is I don't care who you love in the future as long as they're good to you and you're good to them, and that's all that matters. So that's awesome. I'm into that. Yeah. Well, Dr. Laura Parks, it's been a pleasure having you on today. We truly have appreciated it. I've learned a lot um, and would love to take some of the, what you have said today into our clinic work as well. Absolutely. And I know our listeners probably have too. So thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. This I've been so excited all day. (laughs) My first podcast. I'm very excited. So thank you. I was ripping the bandaid off. Is it good? Yes. Great. You did great. You did great. The only thing left I have to say is MIZ because you're a KU fan. I didn't know that. And we're MIZ gals. Yeah. I am a Jayhawk born and raised, but you know, that's okay. okay. My best friend is a, it was a KU gal or still is, I guess, but we, um, she, we would always visit each other and it was, it was always fun, but I was like, did you really have to go to KU? I know. Did you really have to go to Mizzou? Yeah. I was raised when, so one quick story, when I was a kid growing up in Olathe, I had a teacher probably in like second grade. And she told us that if you were born in the state of Kansas, you were a Jayhawk. And I really believe that was true. <laughs> like that was just a thing. So I didn't even know that it was really related to a university. I just thought it was because I was from Kansas and born here. I was Jayhawk. That is awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, she was brainwashing kids. <laughs> yes, I was brainwashed at an early age to be a Jayhawk. <laughs> That's amazing. You are through and through then. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Dr. Laura. We appreciate your time. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. You too. You too. Hey, Pelvic Posse. We want to thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can we ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you will continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review? Tell them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health. And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version to this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all of our visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to watch. Thanks so much again and make sure to give your pelvis some love until next time. Peace Peace out out, pelvic posse. posse.